special edition of the Bruin Bible. We've been waiting on pins and needles on who would be the offensive coordinator for your UCLA Bruins. And lo and behold, we found out who that man was. Today, it became official from Pete Thamel, Bruce Feldman tweeting it out. Madman, can you believe it? Eric Bieniemy, former offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, a guy who's been, you know, 20 years in the NFL, was even a guy, Madman, that was at Westwood, the running backs coach, under Carl Durrell from 2003 to 2005. We brought our boy home today, Eric Bieniemy, OC for UCLA. We talked about the possibility of it. You know, we were kind of talking, trying to talk into existence and somehow it became the actual reality. How are we feeling on the initial news of Bieniemy? And when did you first hear about it, my man? Oh, feeling great, Thriller, obviously. You know, it, it, it's, it's satisfying uh, because we sort of were, I think, one of the first folks, if not the first folks, to talk about that as a possibility and how much sense it would make and really with the hopes that this could potentially help inform and guide our great community of, of Bruin followers and listeners and just everyone that's so passionate about the university. And so it's great to see that the university and the athletic department and Martin Jarman were sort of aligned with our thinking in terms of what made the most sense. And so that's always so fun where it's not always where you're just sort of bringing in some repetition to a greater conversation, but you're actually bringing a new point of view and a fresh perspective. And so sometimes we do know what we're talking about and we have, we have fun while we're doing it. So absolutely a huge day for UCLA. Will. we've talked about it at nauseum, just what he means uh, potentially to this program. He's offensive coordinator. He's associate head coach. I think he brings a personality compliment to Deshaun Foster, who's very charismatic, but charismatic in more of an understated way. The enemy, this bigger, larger than life type of personality from a recruiting standpoint. You talk about now the pedigree in terms of his offensive play calling and just his offensive absorption that he's had for the better part of a decade under Andy Reid and being with the likes of Patrick Mahomes and being on the staff of two Super Bowl winning teams, two of the first three for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then three, I think it continues to build on this theme of young, hungry coaches with a lot to prove that also have some deep ties to UCLA. And you mentioned it, Will, about Eric Bieniemy, his his time at UCLA 2003 to 2005 as running backs coach, really his first big break as a coach. He was coaching at Colorado as a graduate assistant in 01 and 02, but this was sort of his first big break and then led to an enormity of success. Maurice Jones-Drew was one of the great uh, Bruins of all time, arguably still perhaps maybe the single greatest dynamic offensive weapon that UCLA football may have ever had. And it was under the tutelage of Eric Bieniemy. But what a lot of people don't also realize is during that time, Eric Bieniemy's son really leveraged a lot of the UCLA health and the UCLA hospital infrastructure as, as his son was sort of battling 
um, some health conditions. And so there's a there's a tug there that becomes very you become very connected to this university in that way. And so many stories like that about just the donor population at UCLA because UCLA health meant a lot to them. So there's a very deep tie, Will, to UCLA. And now he gets an opportunity to come back. He's from Southern California yeah. high school out here. So it just, it's a match made in heaven. I found out, Will, you and I were sort of messaging each other, found out this afternoon. It was a very special day, actually, today. Me and my dad were at the commemoration of the John Wooden stamp that happened on campus. And just what a fun day that was. Jamal Wilkes was the master of ceremonies. And then we had the surprise guest that floored everybody, that Kareem walked in and and gave some comments. And it was a beautiful uh, ceremony there to commemorate uh, Coach Wooden and everything that he meant. It was right outside Poly Pavilion. And so right when we're sort of attending that and, and enjoying everything that is about Bruin pride and Bruin values, this story breaks. And so it just created a, a, an amazing buzz on campus today, Will. You had the, the Coach Wooden commemoration. You had the news of Eric Bieniemy. It was the basketball game tonight. We saw Deshaun Foster come out of the basketball game after the first timeout. And with the victory bell acknowledging the crowd. So all in all, just a spectacular day to be a UCLA Bruin. Spectacular, man. And I want to get into kind of your opinions on what you saw at the game and Deshaun Foster. But we got to start with EB, you know. EB. EB, the new OC for UCLA. And three things really stood out to me about this. One is just how positive the fan base is taking this. And, you know, and a lot of times we're talking about it's like 65-35 positive or negative and usually it flips on some of those it seems almost like 90 plus percent of the people that we're seeing with the hire on paper are really liking what the enemy brings to the table i mean you saw former players you know tweet out just theo you know dietrich riley these are guys that have been in the ucla program and then you see ethan garbers tweet out like a smiley face like the people are happy and excited to get a guy of this credibility in there two we've talked about this before it's what he could bring in on the recruiting trail. I think he's going to need some help maybe reacquainting himself with recruiting. But like we talked about, man, for those offensive skill position players, you want to talk to Patrick Mahomes, let's give him a call. Maybe he's not doing anything right now. That's such a recruiting tool at the highest level. Those Chiefs players love him to this day. We talked about this last week. They mutually parted of ways, you know, enemy and the Chiefs, and he went to the commanders. How many times do you hear a coach coming back from that situation and firing up the offense the week of the freaking Super Bowl. I mean, that tells you the character and how much he is beloved in that locker room. So you can give, you know, Patrick Mahomes a call for the tight end recruiting. Hey, let's call Kelsey. Let's see what he's doing. Maybe he's with T Swift right now. Who knows? <laughs> you know, something like that. What a recruiting tool that is. No doubt. And then one of the biggest ones I remember seeing was Tyree Kill actually talked about how Bienemy coached him up. And I will say this: Bienemy is more uh Mick Cronin than you guys think. Like he's a hard yeah. ass on the field. Absolutely. He very, very hard. But Tyreek said, when I realized all he wanted was for me to reach my ceiling, like it became so much more clear why I wanted to play for him and why I love him so much to this day. So you've got that going for him. you got the Mick kind of comparison with him on the football field. And then just the connections, man. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm really, really excited. What are some of the things you're really excited about with the enemy coming out to UCLA, man? Absolutely, Will. And <clears throat> you said it best, and I want to double-click on a point you made, all excellent points as always, in terms of his reacclimation to recruiting. I think that's a little overstated. I think that recruiting ultimately comes down to two things. It comes down to competence, and it comes down to connection. And ultimately, Will, he has the competence 
behind him of this successful run as an offensive coordinator, as a position coach, as one of the linchpins and the architects and one of the emotional leaders of the NFL's newest dynasty on the offensive side of the ball when you've got iconic, transcendent players like Patrick Mahomes, like Travis Kelsey, like Tyreek Hill up until just a short while ago. So the competence jumps through the page. And whether you argue how involved was he in Andy Reid's offense as a true play caller or was he more in kind of an advise, assist, check type of role, it doesn't matter because it's the ultimate education to be under the best coach in the NFL no matter how scaled up or scaled back some of those experiences may have been. So the competence is off the chart, but then it's the connection piece here, Will. And that's really what recruiting comes down to. How do you relate to players? How do you build relationships with them? How do you build bridges of trust? How do you build opportunities for honesty? How do you kind of develop love and affection and, and create an environment where those relationships grow over time And nothing needs to be said more than how much the Kansas City Chiefs players still love him. And you brought up this point so many times. How rare is it to see a former assistant come in and be sort of this inspirational coach, mentor, speaker before some of the biggest games of the year? So the types of schools and the recruiting sort of operations and where do you want to hit and where you want to go, all of that stuff is very teachable. It's very learnable. It's very transient knowledge. But to be a great recruiter, ultimately, you need great competence and you need great connection. And he has both of those things in spades. So I think he's going to be an absolutely phenomenal recruiter. And to me, Will, it signifies a couple other things. One is that there is an air of resurgence and a fresh energy now to this UCLA football program. When you bring in a Deshaun Foster and now you pair him with an Eric Bieniemy, both of these guys have so much fire in the tank, have such a passion for UCLA, and have so much to prove. I think the enemy wants to show that he was a much bigger part of those Kansas City runs than sometimes he's even given credit for. And Deshaun wants to show that obviously he's unequivocally the right person for this job, even though he may be a little bit on the younger side and a little bit lighter on the experience side. So you bring young, hungry, motivated players, both of whom have played in the NFL, both of whom understand the NFL game. And now you're in a situation where there's an infusion of energy, Will, uh, with this program. I mean, Deshaun Foster was out all day today signing autographs while students were waiting in line for the basketball game at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, six hours before tip-off. There's just a new air and a new energy. And now when you sort of, you know, overlay that with the ability that Eric Bieniemy has as his previous track record, I just think it demonstrates now there's a seriousness to UCLA football. There's an emphasis being placed on UCLA football, and there's now a new dynamism. And I think UCLA is starting to realize all of the resources that they have, all of this potential. And when you put Jarman now together with Deshaun, with Enemy, you're creating now this crew of really young, hungry guys. Throw in a Jerry Neuheisel who can sell ice to an Eskimo. Throw yeah. in a Malloy who's young and fiery and hungry, you've got this sort of lunch pail staff now that cares very deeply about winning, that can relate to players. I think the sky is the limit now for this team. So to me, it's about Eric Bieniemy, the individual, but also Eric Bieniemy, how he fits into this collective, personality-wise, experience-wise, and just dynamism-wise. And that's why I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about it, too, just from a standpoint as the guy we always wanted as an offensive coordinator was a guy that was going to 
not only aid the transition to head coach for Deshaun Foster, but be in a position where he can learn a lot from the new offensive coordinator and guide him through this. I mean, think about this. Deshaun Foster, and for all of Chip Kelly's faults, that guy can call an offense among the best of them. That's why Ohio State came calling. That's why all those NFL teams came calling. We know about the run game and stuff that Chip can generate. You pair that knowledge with what he's about to learn from Eric Bieniemy for a year or two. Oh, yeah. At the very least. I mean, what an opportunity to kind of refine your skills as an offensive play caller, as the head coach coming into this. I mean, it's such an opportunity for UCLA to get so much better at how they view the offensive side of the ball with Deshaun at the man at the helm. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful thing. I think about this, too, from a Garber standpoint, like what he's going to go through, what he's going to learn from a pro-style offense. He's going to grow a lot from this situation, and it may not be the easiest transition to start, but I bet you by season's end, if, if the enemy's all we believe him to be, there's going to be a lot of just growth and gains from Garbers that we know he has, man. We've seen what he was able to do. So this affects Garbers. This affects Sturdivant. This affects Harden. These guys are going to learn from a guy that's credible in the NFL. And by the way, if they ball out for this guy, do everything they're supposed to do, Eric Bieniemy has 20-plus years of contacts in the NFL. That's the big thing, too, when recruits can potentially come here. Listen, I know these GMs. I've interviewed for these jobs. I was in Kansas City, peak of the rain with Patrick Mahomes. I can get you the NFL if you follow X, Y, and Z, and I think that is the biggest recruiting tool for kids that want to take their game to the next level. So I think it's amazing, man. I got to ask. I mean, that's a huge point, right? Is yeah. the ability to have credibility to be able to take these kids to the next level. And yeah. now think about this for a second. Let's just go position by position for a second. Let's say Ethan Garbers has a question or Ethan Garbers has some sort of a development challenge or any other quarterback that they're trying to recruit is, is has got questions about what UCLA is going to be like. Who are the two greatest quarterbacks in the NFL the last 30 years? It's Tom Brady and it's Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Foster played against Tom Brady in a Super Bowl, up close and personal, saw what that was like, and Eric Bieniemy coached Patrick Mahomes the first five, six, seven years of his career. I mean, think about what that sort of conversation means in terms of a recruit, a current player, someone who's aspiring as a transfer to be at UCLA. You talk about the running back position, and you say, okay, I'm, I'm struggling to sort of read the, the gaps. I'm struggling in terms of the zone read game or what is this going to be like for me? Look at who Deshaun Foster can call. I can call Zach Charbonnet. I can call Joshua Kelly. I can call Britton Brown. I can call all of these guys that have played with me. Eric Bieniemy can call a Pachenko and say, listen, help, you know, help this young man kind of see through some things. J. Mike, he's got a challenge at a wide Tyree receiver Hill. position. Call Tyreek Hill. Call yeah. some of these great players that you've got. MVS. And you can sort of understand the tutelage. Tight end, you mentioned it with Kelsey. You talk about the O-line play. You know, you talk about O-lines from the Kansas City Chiefs saying, this is what it's like to go up against Jones in practice every day. These are This is the technique that you need. And so it just can't be overstated. That first order degree, Will, of just the contacts in the NFL and also the, the freshness of those contacts. So these are guys that have been there so recently they understand the game is still very much in their grasp of when they played it. And sort of having that relatability as player, as coach, and as connector to the NFL is just absolutely significant. And I think, you know, this, this you know, college football as a whole and football in general, it's defined 70% by one position. And it's the quarterback position. And I think from a quarterback recruiting standpoint, 
the enemy has a leg up on just about any other guy that's going to walk into your living room. You know, he has, he was tangibly the quarterback coach there when Mahomes came up. Like not many people, like no one else can say that. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury may have some, you know, cachet with that back to his Texas Tech days, but the enemy is the guy that got him up in the Andy Reid system. So if you're a four or five star quarterback, I'm just going to guess, like you're probably looking up to Patrick Mahomes right now. He's got three Super Bowls. He's kind of like the next guy up. And this guy has a tangible way of proving like, hey, this guy got to where he's at from listening to myself and Andy Reid do his job. So from a quarterback recruiting standpoint solely, this is like a fantastic hire. And, you know, those days when we had Josh Rosen and some of these bigger other quarterback recruits, those days might be coming back, man. These five stars might be, you know, considering UCLA again with a guy like EB at the, the forefront of this. So it's just exciting, man. It's, it's exciting, exciting brother. It's so exciting. And exciting. here's another piece of the EB experience, Will, that I don't think is being talked about enough. Yeah. We talk so much about the Kansas City piece, and rightfully so. But let's go back to his college days at Colorado. Yeah. I mean, he was at the ground floor of Colorado becoming a national power with Mike McCartney, right? I mean, with, uh, with, with Coach Mack. And that was a time in the Big 12 conference when Oklahoma and Nebraska were ruling that conference. Colorado was an afterthought in terms of a program. Coach Mack comes in and sort of has to rebuild this identity from scratch. Much in the same way, if you look at Colorado in the late 80s to what UCLA is right now, there's a lot of parallels. Hey, it's a sleeping giant. It's a beautiful part of the country. It's an incredible university. There's all of these resources there that haven't been connected together. And EB was one of Coach Mack's first great recruits because he bought into what Colorado could be. And by the time he left, they became a national power. And so he has seen as firsthand as a player what it's like to be on the ground floor of something very special and then turn that into a national power. And when he sort of is able to say that piece on top of the Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid piece, it's just so powerful. And I think that experience, sometimes even more than the Kansas City experience, is going to prove so much dividends with the Deshaun Foster, with the other coaching staff, because here they are now. They're building now from scratch into something that we all believe it can be. Yeah, man. And I think, you know, I think the only thing that I could think of being a red flag with this is kind of how he acclimates back to college and maybe treats some of the kids because it's very different from the NFL game to the college. But outside of that, just, you know, hypothetical theory that I laid out there, for February, for the February timeline we're in right now, it's about as good as a hire as you can ask for, I think, on so many different levels. You were at the game tonight. I got to hear your thoughts, the vibe in there. You saw Deshaun Foster fire up the crowd. What was the consensus like from the fan base seeing Deshaun Foster out there for the first time really in his public experience, you know, since his, you know, uh, press conference, my man? Oh, it was it was an electric atmosphere tonight, Will. And when Deshaun Foster made an appearance he came out of the locker room out of the tunnel and he kind of did a whole 360 sort of uh court side and everyone got a chance to sort of see him it was almost like president obama or something kind of coming out uh, because everybody stood up and gave him a huge round of applause we happened to be pretty close and so you know got some knuckles from coach deshaun said we're so happy that you're here and there was just a sincerity to him he looked at every person who kind of yelled at him and said, coach, we're so proud of you. We're so happy you're here. Welcome, you know, Bruin for life. 
And you could just see what that meant to him. You know, sometimes when coaches or players who are super famous, you know, they, they have all the fans and all of that. And, you know, they sort of give their traditional faces and all of that. They're polite. But, you know, you know, it's also kind of a little bit of a routine. But there was just a depth there where he looked at everyone and he just looked so grateful. There were moments where he looked so overwhelmed. He was so touched. And you could just see what it means to him. It just it, there's a palpability there, Will. And there's a tangibility of his love for this place and the belief. I think he, there's just a tremendous amount of gratitude I think he has to Martin Jarman to Chancellor Gene Block, to the other sort of powers that be within the university that I think have seen something in him and are quote-unquote willing to take a chance on him. And I think that gratitude is so refreshing to see. Uh, and the buzz in the building was incredible. The students were going bonkers when they saw Deshaun. And it was just a litany of, of stars out there tonight. There was a ton of juice in the building and really excited to see what this could be. And when he got on to center court after the first TV timeout, the 16-minute mark in the first half. The victory bell came rolling out as promised. The place went absolutely crazy. The scoreboard, actually, the way they introduced him, it was actually playing all of his highlights as a player. Wow. And so that's when you knew he was going to make an appearance. And so you saw the 301-yard game against Washington, his great touchdowns against USC, all his great moments, the runs in 98 that got UCLA all the way to number three in the country. And so then when you started looking up the score, you're like, oh, my God, Deshaun's going to be there. The, the lights got dimmed. It got crazy. And then the lights came back on. And there he was on center court. And he just thanked everyone for their support. He said that we're going to do this together. There's an energy and a team effort here. He announced that the spring game was going to be on April 27th at the Rose Bowl. He wants everyone cool. to be there. It's going to be a fan appreciation day as well. Didn't have the remarks didn't last very long, but very heartfelt. They rang the bell. And they walked off. But it was a very seminal moment, I think, when we look back, maybe perhaps three, four, five years from now, and we think about that could be a moment, Will, that we'll remember as, as Deshaun Foster's welcoming as head coach. Well, on paper, it's looking really, really promising to start. So a lot to love with UCLA out here early, man. I'm excited to see the impact EB has on our star offensive players, your Garbers, your Hardens, your Sturdivants. The tight end room with Habermill and Mataval. There's just a lot to like with this. And I think they nailed the hire on a lot of fronts. Come in with an open mind if you're against this. I think this could be very, very big for UCLA. Deshaun Foster, nobody loves UCLA like Deshaun Foster does. So let's give him a shot to prove himself as a head coach. It's not going to happen overnight. But we took a big step forward, Madman. And the resurrection of UCLA football coming back for the Bruins, man. So... Thank you guys for joining us. We're going to have way more on this coming up in the next week. You know, Wayne Cook's going to be joining us to talk about EB coming to Westwood, returning to Westwood tomorrow night. So stay tuned. For and, that. And, and Will, the one thing I'll say is before we close, it's not the same magnitude, but it feels a little bit like Dion at Colorado. Hey. It's not the same magnitude, but it feels a little bit that way. Because I think there was so much show of support for Deshaun tonight from former players, former football players and basketball players. Granted, it was a basketball game. But think about who all were there tonight. You had Baron Davis there tonight. Norman Powell there tonight. Jamal Wilkes there tonight. You had Dwayne Wade there tonight. You had, I mean, it was a star-studded crowd. 
You had former players in the program, football players that were there scattered all over the place tonight. Zach Charbonnet was there tonight. I mean, sure. it was so it it just there was a show of support and love for Deshaun, both not just as a former player for him, but as former Bruins, but also as prominent members in the African-American community in sports, in entertainment, in positions of power. You saw a lot of that tonight. And so he, I think he's going to be able to galvanize this fan base and the powers that be from a sponsorship standpoint, from an NIL standpoint, people that just want to be around this program. It's not the same magnitude as Dion, so I don't want to have my words be manipulated, but it felt a little bit like that tonight. And so even if he's sort of a regional prime time, I think that's going to be a really fun thing, whether it comes to recruiting, whether it comes to the finances and just the general excitement. Yeah, man. And what we wanted out of this next hire was just juice coming back to the program. And in so many ways, this first week and a half since Deshaun has been there, it feels like the juice is back at UCLA football. And boy, are we excited to have We're you so guys. Pumped, We're so pumped, Will. so pumped. I mean, Will, think about it. And I, I, I promise this will be my last, uh, my, my last piece it's here. Exciting, because it just, it's so exciting. Yeah. But think about his first 10 days. Think about what has happened already in his first 10 days. So NIL. NIL, right? And so yeah. Mena Westwood, two separate matching campaigns of 76,000. That was matched. Then it went exceeded 100,000, 114,000 matched. And so already a buzz there in terms of the finances and the NIL in just a 10-day period. Second, he talked about the spring game. We've gone away now from the spring showcase at Wasserman. This is going to be a full-on game at the Rose Bowl with a fan appreciation day. Third, look at the student section. The student section yeah, is moving man. from the corner of the end zone. Now is moving closer to the 50-yard line right behind the opposing bench. And now you're going to kind of create this imposing atmosphere, hopefully at the Rose Bowl as well. Deshaun could see that. Fourth, you see all of these former players coming back now, want to be around the program, want to get more involved, both as coaches, as mentors, as advisors, and, and even in a coaching capacity. And you're seeing that sort of absolutely galvanized. And then fifth, not to mention his first hire is Eric Bieniemy absolute home run slam dunk with all this NFL pedigree. Five tangible things, Will, that Six. we've seen and we felt in a 10-day period. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. I'll add to it. Six, no transfers out. Everyone no transfers. No Six. transfers. No exactly. transfers out. So that's huge, man. So you have six tangible things in a 10-day span that's just remarkable. So listen, it's early. We're excited. We're going to let this thing play out, but this is exciting, man. And I, I encourage everyone not to tame their enthusiasm with this, man. This is a big-time day for UCLA football. And if they approach this the right way, there's a scenario where UCLA could be the top dog in L.A. for a little bit of a while, man. So let's see what we got going on here with our UCLA Bruins. We are out. We will be in touch with you guys very soon. Wade Cook coming tomorrow. Fours up. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one, guys. EB is our new OC for the Westwood Bruins.